Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast. Thank you guys for returning for another show. If you are a returning listener, if you are not, thank you for checking us out. I appreciate it. The Rise, Kill, Eat podcast is a podcast for those who love God, freedom, and the great outdoors. Now, today's show, I have a very special guest, and we had an awesome conversation all about coffee. So if you are a coffee drinker, this is the show for you. So make sure you stick around for that. All right. So uh, my guest today is Scott Gonzer. He is the owner, roaster, operator, founder, all the above of Snowy Elk Coffee. And he ta- he really gets into a lot of the roasting process and the different flavor profiles for coffee. And it's really interesting to hear the science that is behind roasting coffee. And it's really, really good conversation that we had and i'm super excited about you guys being able to listen to it so thank you guys for checking us out and make sure you check out rke afield on facebook that is at facebook.com slash rke afield and that's r as in rise k as in kill e as in eat rke afield and we are also on instagram so it's instagram.com if you do it through a desktop instagram.com slash rke afield Or if you are on the Instagram app, you can do at RKE Afield. All right. And make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you go through and like some of our stuff. All right. We we appreciate any of the support that you want to give us. So this is the first episode that the Rice Kill Eat podcast is going to be on multiple platforms. So initially we were on just Apple Podcast. So for those of you guys that have been following us along and subscribing to us on the apple podcast thank you guys but if you prefer to listen in different ways we are also now on stitcher we are on spotify we are on podbean and google play so google play music we are on all of those players now so make sure you check us out on whatever way that you prefer to listen all right so thank you guys again for listening today if you are a first-time listener and you like what you hear today, then go ahead and subscribe to us. Leave us a rating. And if you are a returning listener and you haven't left, left us a rating yet, then please leave us a rating because that's how we can kind of get the momentum going for this podcast. All right. So thank you guys again, and I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hey, Scott, how you doing? It's going well, man. It's a pleasure to finally talk to you. I know we've chatted. Uh, numerous times over uh, Instagram and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, I'm glad we're able to get this worked out and get this thing going. And uh, I'm really excited about no, about this episode for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm uh, I'm honored that you even think about us, our little little company, to do a little um, episode on it. Yeah, no problem. It's it's definitely my pleasure, and uh, I, I just. Uh, I started following you guys a while back, and uh, it was just the Snowy Elk Coffee was something that I've been I've enjoyed following and seeing how you guys have grown and how you guys have come along. And whenever I was making out the list, uh, you're all the Snowy Elk Coffee was it was on there, at the very top of the list. So I'm I'm glad we're able to get this worked out and get this thing going. Nice. Yeah, yeah this is great. I've got the I got the smoker going. Oh yeah. So I didn't know. We have a. Um, we're having a day of uh, some cold rain, a lot of downdraft. That's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, our weather here, it's about 80 degrees and sunny. <laughs> uh, it 
was 80. It was 82 degrees today, but you know, we it's strangely enough, we're at high plains. We're at we're at the, like basically the foothills of the mountains, and it's interesting. We so we get mountain weather. Yeah. So every afternoon we get thunderstorms to come through, like you would if you lived up in the mountains. And it's uh, so we can literally go from 85 degrees to 45 in 15 minutes. Oh man, so that's, it's kind of interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy. The change in weather like that. But it it, uh, it keeps turning toes. So we uh we talked about you owning Snowy Oak Coffee there at the beginning, and uh, what really kind of inspired you for starting Snowy Oak Coffee? Well, you know, it's uh, I so with school, uh, I went to Western Michigan University in Kansas Michigan. Uh, I went there, got a business degree right out of pretty much right out of high school, and didn't really know what I wanted to do. It was an adventure tourism and. Uh, kind of a marketing degree, and uh, I started working for a company in Montana, Big Sky Montana, became a ski bum, and um, this is kind of a, a little bit of a wa- long-winded explanation, but we, um, and then I uh, was uh, pretty much being a ski bum, ski patroller out there, uh, and then I really enjoyed medicine and working with people, and so the, and that went down to, uh, to Fort Collins, Colorado and went to Colorado State University and got a degree in microbiology. And then I uh, met my wife and, uh, at that point and decided, well, I'm going to be in medical school. I'll just put it off for a little bit. Uh, and went towards working in the brewing industry as a microbiologist and then continued from there. Uh, really enjoyed, that's where I found the passion of really enjoying with uh, combining food with uh, science. So understanding what's happening in the brewing process, why you're smelling, what compounds produce what smell, whether you like them or not, um, and uh, you know what's happening with the yeast and whatnot. And then I basically, from there on, I uh, got a job working. Uh, that I graduated, got a job offer working for the state of Wyoming, uh, co-running the tuberculosis lab in the state, which was what I studied at, at Colorado State University, uh, infectious disease, part of microbiology. And, um, and then, you know, unfortunate event, a big one in my life, but, you know, my hero, who is my mom, she, uh, just out of the blue, uh, had an eight gametor brainstem and just, uh, and died. Um, and so, uh, basically from there on, I just, uh, was, you know, taking a second look at life and was just like, you know, Hey, um, there's, uh, you know, more to just being in a laboratory and not talking to people and things like that. And, um, it just wasn't the best fit in the world. It was great. You know, I mean, the people I worked with were great. Uh, the laboratory was great. And working for the state of Wyoming was amazing. But it just wasn't a good fit. And uh, and then I was dealing with my uh, dealing with the, the aftermath of my mom passing away and things like that. And, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, hey, what about coffee? You know, I've always wanted to actually open a coffee shop. I and mean, it's always been kind of like this really cool thing that I've thought about my whole life. And I uh, literally just started getting into roasting coffee in my garage uh, and figuring out biochemistry, what's happening during it. And found out there's a lot of similarities between brewing beer, especially the roasting of the malt that you use in brewing beer um, is parallels the roasting of coffee. Uh, a lot of the biochemical things that are happening, the reactions that are happening between proteins and sugars and things like that. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, so combine 
you know, my degree in marketing and tourism, being, you know, just adventure-oriented, love being the out, outdoors, uh, to, you know, the science of microbiology, my experience in brewing, and then what really just, you know, kicked it in gear was uh, the unfortunate event of my mom passing. Uh, and uh, basically just from there, my wife and I were like, you know, I really want to try, you know, roasting coffee uh, instead of a coffee shop and see where it goes. And, you know, I can still remember the day my wife sitting on the couch and uh, we're trying to come up with a name is so, uh, you know, this, this thought that could have just disappeared as fast as, you know, uh, anything could come. Right. And um, sure enough, you know, it's just like, boom, you know, Snowy Elk Coffee and um, or Snowy Elk and then Snowy Elk Coffee Company. And then, yeah, so um, that's really the passion of combining science with food and being able to understand what you're doing and to control it and to create a wonderful product that people really enjoy. So I'm getting that, you know, EMT, I love to help people, uh, you know, people person, working at Big Sky Montana, um, you know, when I was working out there and working in retail and supervising snowboard rental to the science I learned at Colorado State University, the super in-depth biochemistry, and then the... Uh, and then, you know, the experience in beer and then voila, you know, it was like, boom, coffee roasting is what happened. Yeah, that's awesome. You were able to kind of combine a lot of different things that, a lot of different experience that you were able to gather throughout your life and really kind of honing into, into snowy oat coffee. That's, that's really neat. That's a really neat story. I mean, that's a, that's great. And I can appreciate that. I think I'm going to learn a lot in this conversation here because uh, I'm a science teacher. That's what I do. Kind of, yeah, that's what I do full time. And this little podcast deal is a, uh, and the RKE field brand is what I do on the side. So, uh, oh, that's awesome. yeah, what so do you I, teach? I'm a middle school science teacher and I also teach astronomy as well. Oh, that was one of my favorite courses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, when I grew up in Northern Michigan, so I'm originally from Trevor city, Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, still got the family farm up there, grew up hunting whitetail and, um, and fishing ungodly amounts of fishing from, and fish the salmon, and we um, we had an observatory. And I remember, you know, my mom and, and field trips, and I actually took a, a community college class uh, one summer that was uh, because we were so fortunate to have this observatory up there and very minimal light pollution that uh, you could actually see some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, and so that's awesome that you do that. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so... Uh... So I took a microbiology class in college and, um, that I'll, I'll be honest with you. That was probably one of the hardest classes I've ever taken. <laughs> it was a very, you know, very tricky one. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I mean, obviously you seem like a very intelligent person. I think it's just one of those things that, you know, it, it uh, you've got to be really into it. Um, right. and you really just, I mean, it's kind of like that. You got to have that passion for it. Um, or else I think you just struggle, uh, in it. Um, it's just like me, for example, uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of something that I've taken. Oh God, here we go. English. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I struggle. I mean, I, but I'll tell you what, there was people that, you know, we that I went with, uh, to classes with, um, and we had similar, uh, classes and they just excelled in it because they loved it. And I was just like. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can articulate well, I can speak well, I just don't have a huge vocabulary, and, 
um, probably can't read, you know, uh, the uh, Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations very well, at least comprehend what I'm reading. That's compared to something a little bit more fun and easier, right? right. So, I, yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I was, I was good with English until we got to the, the Shakespeare stuff, and then after that I was lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that makes two of us. <laughs> so you may have said it in here, but how long have you been roasting coffee? So when did you, about around what year was it that you, you started roasting coffee? You know, honestly, it was about two years ago. Okay. Uh, about, uh, about six months prior to opening Snowy Hill Coffee, um, really started getting into it. Um, I, you know, I, I really think it was the background of uh that it's, that allowed me to excel. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of different ways to, to learning about roasting coffee, and one that's through books and textbooks and experimentation, and then there's just pure roasting coffee and see what you get. And um, a lot of people have been successful in both ways, absolutely. And uh, yeah, um, but that it's been about two years, and um, I was able to accelerate it just you know with my science background and to understand what's going on and. And, um, and to know, you know, what's happening and why and how and how I can manipulate it to, you know, make something a little bit more chocolatey or know what way to stay away from at a, in a dark roast that allows, uh, that won't allow the, um, if I'm pronouncing this right, lactonic acids, uh, that produce the bitterness in, uh, over roasted coffee or very dark roasted coffee. And so it's like, where can you, and there's a certain point though, that where, you know, you're learning this coffee, and I know I'm going out tangent here, but, you know, when you're learning about roasting coffee, there's uh, definitely where the science stops, and then it's artisan, right? You know, you just, you're, you're uh, the artist thing kicks in, um, and then that's its creativity at that point. Uh, and so anyway, um, but yeah, about two years. Yeah, so you mentioned that, uh, so you brewed beer prior to beginning Snowy Oak Coffee, prior into getting into, uh, roasting coffee so what kind of that's correct. on the microbiological level you can go in as far in depth as this as you want but um what kind of similarities do beer and coffee have when, in terms of uh you know working with them and getting them prepared for consumption sure now the actual process of brewing is uh more biological and it is more of like a, uh what i mean by that is the you know when you're working with yeast and bacteria and things like that um, obviously, you don't work with that in, in roasting coffee. However, the ingredients that you use in making beer uh, determines the flavor that you use in beer. The roasting malt and what you're getting, like a very white malt uh, colored all the way to a black patent uh, malt, which is very, very bitter, dark, harsh. You use very little of that in a dark beer, or if you just want to add a little bit of darkness to the beer, um, because it's so powerful. And so that roasting and the chemical reactions, uh, the biochemical reactions, the Maillard reaction that is actually changing between, I believe, and I, I believe this is right, the, the proteins and the carbohydrates, uh, in the malt is actually producing this color change. And that color change is what, in brew heat, is what's actually driving um, the different flavors. And so the same thing with roasting coffee, you're, you're starting out, if you have a, like a medium roast, you can get a lot of bread, a lot of caramel, a lot of sweetness, uh, you know, things like that, um, where you would get the same thing in a beer, or sorry, in the, in the grain, the malt. And so when they're malting that and you get that color, that's the same flavor profile that you're going to get in the beer. 
And so in that, that similarity, so thinking about the flavor profiles and your, um, think about the flavor profiles when you're roasting the coffee and what you want to get out of it, um, as, as special. And then thinking about what malt I've got and what kind of a recipe I'm going to build from the malt and how it's going to produce a flavor is those are the parallels that I speak of. It's a, it's really impressive. You're able to kind of figure out that transition from the beer brewing to roasting coffee and the fact that you're able to do it through books and, you know, just trial and error and practice is, is really impressive and really, really shows uh, uh, kind of your dedication to getting that done. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, I think it really comes from just me geeking out on it. Right. So <laughs> I just, yeah, when it comes down to it, I'm just, uh, you know, really passionate about it. I uh, love what I do and, you know, create these different things, uh, you know, from understanding what's going on and how to manipulate them. But, you know, just like we went back to, you know, some people that do well in microbiology versus English, it's just what you're passionate about or what you have passion for, right? And so it's, um, it's kind of the same thing applies here for me. That you just, uh, that I, I literally just really enjoy what I do and, even when I'm not thinking about it or trying not to think about it, I think about it. Yeah, it's great that you're able to find something that you're, you're passionate about. I think it's important that everybody, you know, find something that they're passionate about. I've, I've experienced something very similar with the RKU field brain, even at times whenever I've, uh, you know, especially on weekends and that kind of thing, try to take, force myself to take some time off. I'm still thinking about it and still, it's still something that you're passionate about. It's just those, those dreams and those, those passions that we, you know, pursue it becomes, it becomes part of us. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I know I love your brand. Uh, I follow you guys all the time. Um, on Instagram, Facebook, I believe. And then, uh, um, I've been meeting, I, I need to buy some, uh, some shirts from you guys. Uh, I, I've been wanting a hat. I've been drooling over one of these hats that I saw and hopefully you still have them. But, um, the apparel that you make, is just awesome. And, uh, can't wait to be sporting that this fall in the mountains of Wyoming while we're elk hunting. Awesome. I, I appreciate that. I, re- I really do. So I wanted to switch gears real quick. So, um, so like you said, you, you're out there in Wyoming right now and you're, you're going to be hunting this fall. So, uh, what, how's the outdoor life, how, the outdoor recreation life in Wyoming? I mean, how here in Kentucky, we, we kind of see pictures and that kind of thing. And a few of us are lucky enough to get out West and do, do what we love to do, but out West, obviously. So give us firsthand experience of what's you outdoor know, life uh, out in Wyoming. You know, I, I think, uh, it, I mean, it's, there's nothing short of amazing. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it literally is an adventure. Um, it, when you get, uh, acclimated to it, uh, and I'm not saying you take it for granted, but I'm just saying that when you live out here and you live in it, you know, uh, it's, uh, and then, you know, we go back east to visit family, or I go to Michigan to visit family, and east meaning Maine, uh, the east coast, and, uh, you know, and then did you realize just, uh, I don't know, I feel like, for one, there's not a lot of trees out here. You know, you can see hundreds of miles, right? right? And uh, it's uh, it's just amazing. It being out here and, uh, the wildlife, I mean, we have antelope walking through town. Uh, you know, we have, uh, occasionally have a bear. We've done, we had a moose at the, at the state capitol, uh, a couple of years ago. I had a bear in a tree. 
you know, like things just uh, that are, you know, mountain lions in town, things like that. It's crazy the photo that you see, uh, the, like, I've seen a, a, a mountain lion in just with a, up in the foothills by this little place called Kirk Gowdy. It's a couple reservoirs up there, a lot of mountain biking and outdoor activity, hiking, fishing, everything. And it looked like it was a photo. I mean, if there wasn't a uh, a wind turbine that I knew where that was at, I would have sworn it was like the Serengeti or something in Africa. <laughs> um, it was pretty wild. I was like, that's a big kitty. So, uh, um, but, you know, I mean, honestly, like I was saying, you go back east and there's all these trees. And you're just like, it's all kind of like, uh, you know, um, it's very paved, everything. Uh, now there's nothing wrong with back east, right? I mean, it's just like I grew up and I love northern Michigan and, and everything's great. But it's, uh, it's almost like a little claustrophobic, I guess, if you can imagine that. And then out here, literally, you can, I, I can tell you where the road literally ends. Like there are roads, I mean, there's places out here, you can be 50 miles from the nearest dirt road. And uh, it's pretty amazing when you're just that far out there and there's, you live in a state where the wildlife outnumbers the population of the people and, um, and big game wildlife, right? I mean, and, uh, not just like counting squirrels and, and rodents and stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, bird dogs. But uh, it's pretty amazing, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, be out camping and then in the middle of the night you wake up, you've got wolves howling, you can hear elks bugling if it's in the fall during rut, and you can hear them talking to each other. Um, it's, uh, it is everything that people think it is or believe it is in a magazine or watching a video or something. That's really what it's like. It's pretty amazing. But also, that takes a little bit of, uh, you have to be comfortable with yourself, uh, not needing a lot of people around. I mean, obviously, it's populated. I mean, Cheyenne capital, 59,000 people. Last time I checked, the census was. And uh, so it's not a big, big town. That's the biggest city in, in Wyoming. And Wyoming is the 10th largest state in the union. Um, and But it's the lowest population out of all 50 states and 51 if you include District of Columbia. And um, so it's uh, it's pretty, you know, you got to be pretty comfortable being out and around by yourself and things like that. Don't get me wrong. My wife and I, we love it. We have a daughter that we are super excited to raise out here. Um, and uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing space to be, you know. And then just, you know, over by the Tetons, uh, Yellowstone National Park, the Tetons, uh, you got mountain biking, hiking. You know, he's got all this stuff that's just unbelievable. And not to mention, uh, you got Thermopolis, uh, you got Hot Springs, you got the Wind River uh, Range, you've got uh, which is just amazing granite spires and mountains that, I mean, it's just, then the fishing, I mean, oh man, don't even get me started with fly fishing. Matter of <laughs> fact, we're going tomorrow. Uh, you know, you drive in probably an hour and 45 minutes and catch. You know, uh, 22 inch uh, browns in a river um, on a fly rod, and uh, it's just wow. Yeah, so I probably just convinced a lot of people to move here. I think you <laughs> did. I think everybody's just going to uh, end up packing up and end up in Wyoming. It may not be least uh, less populated for too much longer. <laughs> yeah, well, we got a lot of room, and I'm not greedy, so. Uh, um, can't say there's probably some ranches out here that have a different opinion to me, but, uh, <laughs> they, um, for the most part, people out here are really good people. And, um, you know, you get here all kinds of life everywhere you go, but, uh, people out here are pretty good people. 
So uh, I really enjoy it. I feel welcomed out here, even though I've only lived here about five years. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty amazing state to live in, uh, even to visit if you ever get a chance to get out here. Yeah, absolutely. So everything that you just described is exactly how I uh, pictured Wyoming being. So I'm definitely going to have to we're have to plan a family trip and visit Wyoming sometime. That's that's awesome. So what makes Wyoming the perfect place for snowy oak coffee? You know, I don't really know if this is the perfect place for it. Um, I can just tell you that we started it here, and everything that I love to do, and everything that I'm inspired to live my life is uh, here in Wyoming. And uh, the community here has been very welcoming, uh, very supportive for locally made products. And there is not, we're the only coffee roastery in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And it's, um, uh, so with that, all that said, then uh, yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a great fit uh, here in Cheyenne and in Wyoming. It's, uh, you know, just everything that we love to do, you know, we've got the angler, we've got, uh, so we let my wife and I, you know, my family is steeped in, in fishing. Uh, we both, uh, we love, uh, when we go back east, we do some, uh, real fishing, striped bass in the ocean, right off the shore. Um, and then here, you know, we fly fish and drop all over the mountains, go and trying to get into these little lakes that sometimes are so secret, the fish don't even know where it is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It's uh, but yeah, it's the uh, it's it's pretty amazing place, and and that's what's really I felt that this is uh, I don't know if it's the perfect place for it, but it's very accepted, and it, so far it's been an amazing fit. Yeah, and that's definitely a big part of uh, you know, especially any kind of startup business, having that community and the uh, local involvement and the local support is definitely a big deal. That's that's great to hear. Yes, so uh, how was your passion for the outdoor. So we've, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, getting outside and be, being outdoors. So how does that passion, how's that passion for the outdoors affected your passion for roasting coffee? How are they kind of intertwined there? That's a great, uh, great question. You know, honestly, uh, everything, you know, the angler, it's a Colombian dark roast and, uh, but it's not bitter. It's smooth but it's bold and it's got some big flavors to it and it's everything that i feel that fits well when you waking up at four o'clock in the morning to go hit, hit the river by six o'clock and uh, whether you're drifting it or you're waving it or shorelining it doesn't matter but it just that is what resonates to me when i drink that coffee or when i came up with that particular roast and why i called it the angler the morning bugle you know Waking up in the morning, hearing Elk's bugle when you're out camping, you're whatever in the fall during rut, if you're hunting, uh, whatever the case might be, you hear it. The smooth, beautiful sounding, soft, uh, just an amazing sound that you hear in the woods. And, um, it's, uh, and that's what resonated with me when I created the morning bugle, which is a Peruvian light roast. Uh, the campfire, it's got a little hint of smokiness to it. Uh, it resembles a campfire, in my opinion, and I love having campfire coffee. So it was just sitting around uh, either your, you know, elk camp, whatever, your camp, uh, just any camping in general, and you're just sitting there, and uh, I just, you know, really enjoy just that. I, you know, you're having a rough day, whatever you're doing, and I just take myself back to sitting around a campfire with friends and family. 
that's what I, I, I smell a little bit of that smokiness. You know, I can still remember it. Okay. And that's what I get when I drink the campfire coffee. And that's why I created the roast profile that I have. And with that being base camp. Uh, so I love some sweets when I'm out camping and I'm out doing whatever. And base camp to me, it's got this nice, smooth, chocolatey flavor that comes from a particular origin of bean. And uh, then, then it combined with another one from Ethiopia. So the one I was just referring to is from Papua New Guinea. And then the other one is from Ethiopia, which has a blueberry or a really fruity uh, berry kind of aroma and flavor to it. And so the, um, and the, that is something that, you know, blueberry pie kind of thing, uh, if you will, uh, just kind of a sweet, uh, not cloyingly sweet, sweet in the sense of not bitter or anything like that, just nice, smooth drinking coffee uh, that's got a little bit of fruitiness to it. So those are the things that when I'm out, you know, doing the activities that I love, that uh, my family loves to do, that is something that you can do anywhere across anywhere in the world really uh and you know we all have those memories and just trying to you know kind of capture them when you're just sitting at home drinking a cup of coffee or sitting out on the deck sitting out on the porch um sitting in your you know your sofa your recliner whatever you got going there um sitting on the hardwood floor having a cup of coffee playing with the kids whatever that that's where the inspiration from the outdoors comes through in my coffee it's really awesome that you're able to kind of embody, you know, the spirit of different aspects of the outdoors and be able to put those into a, you know, a flavor profile, like you said, and be able to actually, you know, take parts of what we love outside and, you know, be able to, to consume it. That's, that's really neat that you're able to do that. And you had enough thought beforehand to be able to, to produce that. That's really awesome. You know, and then one more thing, uh, for anybody that gets, you know, that's been out this way or, uh, is, uh, going to be out this way, there's a rock formation in the southern part of the Laramie Range. Um, and it's just west of Cheyenne, in between Cheyenne and Laramie called the Summit. There's a, little, there's a place that is called the Vitavu. Is, uh, Vitavu or Vitavu. I've heard it pronounced both ways. And, um, it's, uh, this beautiful rock formation. If you ever, uh, a whole, it's very, very big. I mean, it's not just one rock. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, hills, if not mountains of, of these different things that people rock climb and, you know, multiple pitch rock climbing. It's actually world-class rock, uh, crack, uh, climbing, uh, there. And Bill Cannon there a lot. We actually elk hunt there, the deer hunted there for mule deer and whitetail. And um, we have a coffee called the Vita Moon, and um, it's a Sumatran dark roast. So it's rustic, it's big, it's bold, it's everything that Vita is. And that's, you know, like, that's just another way that I've tried to, you know, bring through my experiences and my love for the area in our coffee. That, that's awesome that you're able to do that. I actually remember seeing that roast on uh, your website when I was looking at it, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. You says Vita Vu. Is that how you say it? That's correct. Yes. So I've heard it pronounced Vita or v, uh, Vita Vu, like VD yeah. or Vita Vu. I've heard it been pronounced both ways. How I say it is Vita Vu. Um, so, but if uh, 
somebody wants to write in and correct me, uh, I'm more than happy. I'm always <laughs> looking at a way to improve myself, and if I can pronounce something correctly, uh, one, I can. it doesn't make me look like an idiot anymore, and two, <laughs> I can actually say it right, so not a problem. There we go. That, yeah, that's awesome. That you're able to able to do that, and you had the the forethought into into your coffee roast to be able to take parts of you know the Wyoming culture and be able to take parts of local local aspects and really universal outdoor as, aspects and be able to put that into your coffee. That's that's awesome. So, what Thank kind you. of uh, what kind of beans? do you use for roasting your coffee? Is there a certain kind of bean? Is there a certain location? I mean, you kind of got into that a little bit there, but is there certain places on the map that produce certain flavors? Absolutely. You know, and horticulture plays uh, a huge role in the flavor development with all the beans, especially during the roasting process. So Ethiopians, some Kenyans, uh, coffee in the Horn of Africa, um, those coffees uh, have a very big berry, uh, sometimes so prominent blueberry that it feels like it actually tastes like you could possibly be chewing on a blueberry uh, when you're drinking the coffee. The That's also known for like an earthier kind of flavor. And then you have uh, your traditional morning blends. If you ever hear people refer to their coffee as the breakfast blend or something like that, a lot of those are traditionally your Brazilian, Colombian, and Peruvian beans, they hold dark roast really well. Uh, they're, you know, Colombia is a big flavor, big bodied. It's got some kind of little bit of a fruity character to it, uh, but not as prominent as one that you'd find in Africa. Um, the uh, We have one that we just are about to launch in uh, July 1st that is called the Aviator. Um, there's a big aviation community here in Cheyenne. Uh, I have, I've always loved aviation. Uh, and one day I would love to finish my private pilot license. And um, the, uh, uh, and the Aviator is a Burundi coffee, which is from uh, Africa. And uh, this one's just got like big, bright grapefruit kind of flavor to it. It's uh, very smooth. Uh, it's a medium roast. Uh, it's got a little bit of a floral aroma to it. When you're drinking it, it's just absolutely amazing coffee. Uh, and I'm really excited. The people that have had it so far, uh, say that it's that's now their their favorite. The uh, now going to uh, the Sumatran one, which is a region in Indonesia in the Pacific. Uh, that is you know, very rustic, uh, earthy, uh, big bodied uh, coffee, almost chewy. If you can imagine something like that. Um, and then I'm trying to think of other ones that we have. Uh, yeah, I know I'm forgetting something. They're like my kids, and I feel bad that I'm forgetting about them. <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, but yeah, the Peruvian, which is the morning bugle, and the campfire, just really nice, mellow, sweet, uh, caramel. Um, and then a campfire is a dark roast. The morning bugle is a light roast, so the campfire is roasted, so I get a little bit of a smoky note to it. And then uh, the campfire, the morning bugle, which is the same bean, it's just the light roast version of it. It's just very soft. Uh, easy drinking, uh, very good coffee. And if you came up to me and said, I need a light roast and a dark roast for a thousand people and I need them to like it, I would say that those two would be your best chance. Yeah, that's, that's a very good explanation of, uh, different, different flavor profiles. That's, that's very helpful. I like personally, I like the big body type of coffee. I like it to, 
you know, we say around here, put hair on your chest. That kind of coffee is the, the kind I like. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's really neat to be able to differentiate those. Yeah, definitely. So I saw that you yeah, guys yeah. also have a, a decaf coffee now. Is that something that you've recently started or is that something that's been around for a while? No. So the decaf, Swiss water decaf is a company out of Washington. And so they use a non-chemical way of uh, extracting the caffeine. And basically through, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's through using water and carbon and osmosis as opposed to uh, chemical leaching. Um, so the chemical has a tendency to stay in there mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't really extract just caffeine. It really pulls out, uh, you know, a lot of the other flavors, flavors that you want to keep in there. And then it actually keeps some unwanted flavors from the chemicals that they use. Uh, and so probably about 95 or even more percent of decaffeinated coffee out there through chemical, uh, uh, decaffeination. And so, uh, the Swiss water process is, uh, it's really great. Swiss water coffee. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, decaf. I've actually had some, uh, very, very nice people write me personal letters saying that, and one that sticks with me, it's just this lady. She was probably in her mid to late 80s. She's been drinking decaf for like 30 years. And um, she tried our decaf, the, our, our Peruvian decaf. And um, uh, and she said that she laughed when she drank it because she had forgotten what coffee tastes like. And uh, it was just such a sweet, sweet letter. And uh, we've gotten multiple people saying things uh, like that. Um, matter of fact, we've actually had a lot of people that, and just in general, coffee that they just absolutely hated the taste of coffee. And now they actually drink a cup of coffee every now and then with their spouse because uh, they can drink it. And then, you know, the coffee and the way we roast it and everything. But specifically the Swiss water uh, decaf is just, it's an amazing decaf. It's not limited to just Peruvian. We, you know, they offer so many, essentially I could de- or they can decaffeinate uh, using water and carbon, uh, almost any coffee out there. So, which is awesome. And um, I highly recommend it if you've never tried it before. I know a lot of people are like, oh, decaf, what's the point? Um, you know, I like to taste the coffee even at 10 o'clock at night, but I just don't want the caffeine. And so uh, I'll actually make myself a latte or uh, an espresso or something out of that decaf or just a regular solid cup of coffee with some cream or just the coffee as it is. And it just tastes amazing. And it's just nice to have that when I'm working in front of the computer or I'm doing something for snowy elk and, uh, or, um, or whatever, uh, or God forbid I'm, you know, um, need to, uh, put the new line on my reels and, uh, just don't want to be up till three o'clock in the morning. Cause I need to be up at four o'clock to go fishing. And so, um, I just drink some decaf. Yeah. I, I enjoy decaf also. Uh, I like it kind of, kind of how you were getting to there where, you know, you have it in the afternoon, but you, you like to taste the coffee and, but you just don't want to be up all night because of the caffeine. So that's the, I like decaf for that purpose too, but I think I've experienced kind of what you're getting at with the, the chemical decaf, because I've noticed too, that the, that decaf coffee doesn't really have the, the same type of flavor as, you know, a, a caffeinated coffee. That's pretty interesting exactly. that the the Swiss water process. I'm gonna have to look into that because that's that's something that's that's really interesting. I didn't realize that there were multiple processes that were involved with the the decafing process. Yes, and you know, uh, it, it, 
it's a night and day difference. I can't even tell you. I mean, I wasn't even a believer until I drank yeah. the decaf. And I'm like, wow, this tastes like coffee. And, uh, and I instantly from there, I was just sold on, like, I just can't believe that, yeah. And, you know, to each of their own. If people really enjoy that other decaf, I don't want to say that it's wrong, because it's not wrong. It's, you know, when it comes down to coffee, it's what you like. You like your coffee. If you like your cream and sugar with a little bit of coffee, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. If you like your coffee black and your spoon stands up in it, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like using one tablespoon for 12 cups of coffee, there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, and I think that's one of the great things about coffee is that we all can enjoy it the way we want to. And there's not a darn thing anybody can say about it. That's right. That's a, that's also that's a great way of putting it. So as we're, uh, we're kind of wrapping up here, um, this is a question that that I plan on asking all my guests. What does hunting mean to you? Your life's awesome. Uh, I love that question. To me, uh, it's conservation. I mean, we are the number one uh, contributors to wildlife conservation in the nation. Uh, that's what all of our hunting permits pay for. I believe that... Uh, uh, hunting is conservation. Like I said, I believe that harvesting an animal for your family to eat is, it's hard for me to put words to it. I think that it's, uh, is something that I think it's morally and ethically right. Uh, I think that, uh, I hope that, oh man, I, that's such a, I mean, my mind just wants to go in such a million uh, directions with this answer. And it, I, I just truly believe that you know, hunting to me is uh, both, uh, you know, a connection to uh, to the animal, to living, to uh, enjoying what is put here on this planet for us. I believe that uh, it really takes us back to our roots uh, as a human, uh, as a species. I mean, we're an animal. Uh, we hunt just like other animals do. And to not hunt is asking, I mean, I can't even imagine, I think... Uh, Steve Rinella actually said this. Could you imagine trying to ask, ask a wolf not to hunt? Right. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, uh, yeah. So to me, it's, uh, it's family. It's being outside. It's getting back to uh, talking to your spouse. It's about talking to your kids. Uh, it's about teaching them. You know, like I said, oh my God, I mean, how many, how far can you take this in so many different directions? But seriously, it's uh, sitting down and, and, and when you're hunting, you're teaching responsibility, you're teaching self-accountability, not only to yourself, but also to, you're showing that as an example to your uh, to your kids, a friend, a family member, whoever, your spouse. And so it's just so encompassing to everything that, uh, that I mean, especially if Snowy Elk is all about. You know, I'm a firm believer in personal accountability and responsibility. And, uh, you know, um, being outside and, and being aware of nature and what's happening to it. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, wow. That's such a big question. But that's pretty much what it comes down to me is uh, what it means to me and, and uh, what I can imagine uh, it meaning to other people as well. But I guess it's one of those things that coffee, right? It's uh, how, whatever it means to you. Uh, nobody can really say anything about it. It's what you what you enjoy, what you love, and what you think it is. Yeah, I think that's an awesome answer that you just gave. Uh, I think you really embodied everything that that I'm trying to achieve with this uh, this podcast here, and I think that was a that was a great answer. Thank you for that. That was that was a good one. 
Oh, thanks. I wish I could have, uh, you know, formulated uh, <laughs> a little bit better of an answer. But, you know, honestly, I really, you know, hunting to me is uh, many different things. And, I mean, and, uh, you know, you can do so much with it. Like I said, you know, you can take it to, uh, you know, simple things of just breaking down the barriers and, and talking with your kids and especially with everything that's going on in this world. You can, uh, and then your family, your spouse, you know, I mean, I love seeing, you know, families that hunt together stay together, in my opinion. And, um, and just, you know, seeing my wife take, uh, she, man, she got her first uh, antelope uh, last fall on her 35th birthday at, uh, she dropped at 268 yards with her 308 uh, Winchester. And uh, absolutely amazing. Actually, amazing shot. Uh, and the boot, she did it uh, eight months pregnant. Oh, um, and she was on, uh, yeah, she was ar- basically army crawling for about 150 yards, uh, cause you know, there's no trees. Right. So you got to really, you know, and, uh, you know, but I mean, there we go. I'm just talking about an amazing experience that my wife and I got to get that to, to have and to appreciate and, and to see, you know, uh, all this stuff and to experience it. And that happened hunting and hunting safely and being responsible. And taking accountability for, you know, treating the animal morally and ethically right, uh, and making sure that you don't waste any meat and that we use as much as we possibly could. Um, and, uh, and a matter of fact, you know, that antelope is still, some of it's in our freezer. We haven't eaten it at all. And it's just absolutely an amazing, uh, amazing, uh, meat, uh, food resource. And, um, and we're so thankful that we were able to have that opportunity to nourish our family with that. So there's just, so many things I can tell you about what hunting means to me in so many different ways. And not to mention health, right? Uh, out here, you know, we live at altitude. We have a lot of, it's a lot, you know, you gotta, you walk a long ways. Uh, you know, you're, uh, you could be, you know, eight miles packing an elk out. Gotta be in shape. Uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta stay fit like that. So just health, exercise, eating right. You know, I'm, I know that, uh, you're in Kentucky, right? Yes. Yeah. Eastern, yeah, um, Eastern side of Kentucky. We, yeah, we got a little bit of mountains, here. but they're probably nothing quite what you got going on out yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> but it don't matter. I, you know, you, you walk up and down about four or five of those bringing a deer back, even though if you're close to a two-track or not, you're still sucking some wind, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, so hands down, um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, just it doesn't matter where you're at, you know, just uh, so hunting, I mean, look at all the different facets that and what it means to me and, and what it can and how your life can be part of it everything from food and health to everybody's concerned about where sourcing their food well, there's nothing more natural organic no gmo or anything than eating antelope or white-tailed deer or you know anything like that or a turkey um then going out and getting it yourself so uh that's awesome yeah you definitely uh definitely hit the nail on the head on that one that is, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So where can listeners, anybody that, that wants to check out snowy oak coffee, where can they find out more information about snowy oak? Absolutely. You just go to, uh, snowy elk.com. Uh, that's S N O W Y E L K.com. And, uh, go to the website there. Uh, tons and tons of information. You can follow us, uh, uh, at, uh, so at snowy elk, uh, coffee is Instagram as well as uh, Facebook and things like that. Uh, we're all over social media, at least we try to be. 
Um, if you uh, Facebook message us or Instagram message, uh, message us through Instagram, we can easily, uh, you know, get back to you real quick. And um, we pride ourselves on customer service. Yeah, there. What was the? You know, and we still take phone calls too. Believe it or not, we enjoy talking to people. If you want, if anybody wants to call up and ask about coffee, and uh, I will pick up the phone and we'll talk about all of our products and. If there's anything else that uh, you want to talk about, too, we're all about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we try to pride ourselves in customer service. I believe that's kind of a lost art in today's society. And um, we, uh, I got tired of being on the soapbox preaching about bad customer service. So I said, get off the soapbox and put my money where my mouth is. And uh, so we try to uh, have uh, – we, we excel for customer service. We don't think we're, we have the best customer service because we can always be better. And so, um, anyway, that's where you can find out about us at snowyelk.com. And like I said, all over social media or Instagram or anything like that. So I'll be sure to put, uh, links for those in the show notes. That way people can click on it right there and it'll, it'll take them right to it. So yeah. So be looking for that. If you guys are uh, listening to this, uh, thank you, Scott, for taking some time out of your day and being able to talk with us. I mean, I think we were able to gather some really good information here and I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Absolutely. No, thank you. I'm honored to, uh, to be invited to chat with you and, um, anytime, anytime. And, uh, hopefully you get to get out here to, uh, to Wyoming and, and, uh, see what it's like out here instead of just taking my word for it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, uh, again, I appreciate it and thank you very much. Uh-huh.